Algar Productions. Algar Productions. Sarcastic Voice presents the continuing story of Contentment Corner. Contentment Corner, North Dakota. A seemingly normal Midwestern town with a decidedly abnormal population. For beneath the quiet veneer of this embodiment of the small-town American dream lies a secret. Lots of secrets, actually. Perhaps this shady agent of a secret government agency could explain it better than I can. Contentment Corner is the most ordinary place in the entire country. All right, but obviously that's not... Measuring east to west... It's smack in the middle of the United States. Its population is dead center of what the government classifies as a small town. Average education, average crime rate, the list goes on and on. Oh, what, you're not going to share the entire list with me? In a hundred unconnected databases throughout the government and the private sector, this town is listed as the most unassuming place in the country. The ideal place to hide if you are, say, a vampire or a refugee from an alternate timeline or a robotic shell containing the preserved human brain. He never did finish that sentence. I think he meant to imply that our sheriff at the time was a cyborg-enhanced version of Peyton Place author Grace Metallius, but that's just speculation on my part. That isn't canon. Anyway, in 1884, a man named Oscar Tyrannus was turned into a vampire and hunted down by an angry mob. Silence, foul hell creature! We'll ask the questions here. Oh, Good, so I'm going to get a fair trial. Well, not as such. We were going for more of a mob justice thing. Not because we're uncivilized, mind you. Because resorting to base violence would make us no better than you. You're a vampire, which is the worst thing to be. That was a bit uncalled for. The thing is, we don't have what you'd call a court system, exactly. Certainly not one with an appeals process. All right, well... Can I at least speak with the ranking law enforcement official? You don't have one of those either, do you? No. Well, no wonder you folks are so angry. Without even the most basic infrastructure, this isn't so much a town as just a place where a bunch of people live. Isn't that what a town is? No! Technically, maybe. But you need more than that. What you need, if you want this all to last, and more importantly, to prosper, is a community, a civilization. You aren't just people who live near each other. You have certain basic common needs, and you should be united in the execution of those needs. Like executing a vampire! Well, sure, but only after he's had a fair trial, presided over by an accredited judge and a jury of his peers. So we'd have to round up 12 more vampires? No! Because you'd also need lawyers to make this system work, and no good lawyer would allow a dozen vampires to sit on a jury. That would be a conflict of interest. See, having a community means having people to do that mental heavy lifting, to ensure that there are laws to protect people, that those laws are enforced fairly and evenly, and that conscientious oversight is in place to see that it all works the way it's meant to work. Wow. And make some good points. So those people loaded up a bunch of wagons, headed west, and by 1888 they'd found a suitable place to begin constructing a town. 
Not long after this, they were visited by none other than the then-current President of the United States, Grover Cleveland. Gosh, Mr. President, what brings you to Contentment Corner? In a word, son, lighthouses. Sir? With the cooperation of the United States Revenue Cutter Service, the wagon train that stretches behind us is carrying an inventory of lighthouses across the frontier and erecting one in each territory we intend to admit to the Union as a state to stake our claim as a naval power. Sir, by order of the mayor himself, this town is about as far from running water as it's possible to be. We're about 1,500 miles from either ocean and a good 500 from the nearest Great Lake. And yet, here's me, the president of these United States, ordering you to put one of these fine lighthouses in your town. But where are we even? In your town square, next to City Hall. We were going to put in a rail station there. Well, now you're putting in a lighthouse. Listen, every town in Dakota has a rail station, but nobody has a lighthouse. It'll put you on the map. I suppose the mayor would be pretty happy about that. Of course he would. Admiral? Unload her here, men! There are the pieces. Here are the instructions. Good day, citizen! The town grew and thrived. Throve? Thrived? I think it's thrived for many years, gradually accumulating all that weird stuff that government guy mentioned earlier. But apart from the presence of a lighthouse, which was regarded as more of a tourist attraction than anything, nobody saw Contentment Corner as anything but the wholesome community it appeared to be on the surface. Oscar Tyrannis, incidentally, served as mayor for over a hundred years before finally being exposed as a vampire and forced to resign in disgrace. This was all part of the plot by then-Deputy Mayor Gart Champson, who had intended to use his political powers for some as-yet-unspecified sinister purpose. Uh, thankfully, he was defeated by a coven comprised of two witches, uh, Candida Prim and Erasure Delacruz, and a demon, Felicity Brimstone. Felicity! Did you just kill the acting mayor? She sure did. And in the process, your friend may have just saved this town. I did? Cool. They also, around that time, about 25 years ago now, drove Satan himself out of the town. Son of a bitch and continue to defend us from all manner of supernatural threats to this day. So that's pretty cool, I guess. More than half the people in Contentment Corner are employed by St. Corby Soap, which makes exactly what you'd expect. Soap. The company was run by the much-beloved Ottawa St. Corby, who almost married an extremely shady character named Case Cutchington in 1987. Ottawa, baby, it's me. Listen, don't say anything. I, I need to get some stuff off my chest. I know I messed up today, alright? But things got a little dicey for old Case. The Tordovian mob got it in their heads that I owe them money. Maybe I look like somebody else. I don't know, but th they came from my genitals, baby, and you know how protective I get about my genitals. Anyway, I think I finally convinced them that they were after the wrong guy, but in the process, I, I missed the wedding and... I'm real sorry about that. It's just, if I hadn't gotten that business straightened out then and there, they could have actually shown up at the wedding and ruined our perfect lives together. You believe me, don't you? You're the only one for me. I never felt for anyone else the way I feel for you. You're my soapy, sudsy princess. My lathery kitten. I'd sooner put out my good eye than see you get hurt. So... You'll give me another chance, right? Come on, buzz me in and I'll show you just how sorry I am. 
Those same Tordovian mobsters later showed up at Case and Ottawa's wedding, destroying the St. Corby soap factory, killing Case, and putting Ottawa into a coma. Control of the company fell to her 13-year-old daughter, Vatican. Understandably overwhelmed by this prospect, Vatican sought the help of a psychic in hopes of communicating with her comatose mother, which had some rather unexpected consequences. Still nothing? Don't tell me how to do my job! It wasn't, but... This one will work, I promise you! Here and there, this and that, fire and water, put the girl's mind in the mom and the mom's mind in the daughter. Wait, what are you... Tell me I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, balls. She's not going to be happy about this when she wakes up, is she? What's going on in here? So long, suckers! Hey, uh, no running through the hospital. <sighs> oh, goodness. How long was I... Wait. Why am I in the hospital? Why are you so tall, Dr. Lakenier? And who's that in the bed? Oh, it's me. I'm in the bed. Which means that this body that I'm in right now is... Let me just have a look in the mirror here. Yes, it's my teenage daughter. We've switched bodies and now she's in a coma. Ottawa, in the body of Vatican, continued to successfully run her company for many years. St. Corby Soap's primary competitor is Zizix Cosmetics, founded by a woman who was born Agnes Jorgensen. In hopes of escaping a mundane life of farming and relative poverty, young Agnes applied for a scholarship sponsored by St. Corby Soap and then destroyed the applications of all her competitors. Agnes, you mind telling me what these are? Well, I can't be sure, Mom, but they look like a bunch of envelopes covered in dirt. Well, I found these buried out in the cornfield there. Oh, yeah? Yeah. How do you suppose they got out there? Well, now I couldn't say. You're the farmer. Well, these are all letters addressed to Ottawa St. Corby. I went and opened up a one of them. Well, you shouldn't do that. That's a crime, don't you know? I went and opened up a one of them, and it was an application for the college scholarship her company offers. You know, the one you also applied for. Well, now how is she going to see the other applications if they're buried out there in that cornfield? Agnes, did you do this? I'm sure I don't know what you're... Excuse me, that's the phone. Hello, Jorgensen residents. This is Agnes speaking. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's great news. No, I'll be down there first thing in the morning then. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, bye now. Well, what a dink! That was someone from St. Corby Soap, and wouldn't you know it, it looks like I got the scholarship. Assuming that she was entitled to a junior year abroad, Agnes traveled to England. Upon returning, she discovered that this was not covered by her scholarship. Don't be thick, little man. Everyone knows that a university student is entitled to spend their third year in a foreign country, absorbing the local customs, expanding their horizons, that sort of rubbish. Is that why you're talking like you do right now? You, you spent yours in, uh, in, uh... Oh, no, no, don't tell me now. I'm sure I can guess. I went to England, you git! Right, England, of course. <laughs> That sounds delightful, uh, you know, Buckingham's Palace, uh, Stratford upon Roundabout, uh, Big Brad, <laughs> and so on. Now, so, well, what's, what's the problem? The problem is the skinflint that runs this company decided quite arbitrarily, I might add, that my cultural horizons were as wide as they needed to be. 
and now the considerable expenses I incurred will not be reimbursed. Uh, well, now, in fairness, I'm fairly sure the scholarship doesn't apply. To... You sound just like her. You're all the same, you American. No, 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 hold on a tick. You're, you're an American, too, aren't you, dear? Oh, shut it. This is all a bunch of bullocks, and I intend to see it made right. Oh, no. And there she is. I told her to stay in her office until this was over. Oh, it's about to be over, all right. Over that vat of disgusting, soapy runoff. Chimney Cricket. Agnes later changed her name to Zizix Jones in a feeble attempt at defrauding people into thinking she was affiliated with Zizix County, which is the county that contains, you guessed it, Contentment Corner. She founded a company, the aforementioned Zizix Cosmetics, and swore revenge on Ottawa for the perceived slight. Bloody cow. Take away my bloody scholarship, will you? You may think being wrestled into submission in a stagnant pool of your own soapy filth is the last you'll hear from me. But you'd be dead wrong for thinking that. I've a mind to start my own company to put yours out of... She also died in 1987. Eventful year. Control of the company passed to her stepchildren, Jad and Pernicia Cortland, who continued the company's general mission statement of destroying St. Corby's soap at all costs. And that's basically all you need to know, which is to say those are facts that may or may not be relevant to you, the listener, going into Season 3 of Contentment Corner. I left out a lot of cool characters and stories in this encapsulation, but learning about all the rest of that could not be easier. Just go listen to the previous 25 episodes of Contentment Corner, available on iTunes and ContentmentCorner.com. You won't regret it. Or, I don't know, maybe you will. I, I have no way of knowing that. 